0: and welcome to episode 29 of Rural Matters, the leading podcast on rural education, health and business in the United States. We're excited and thankful that you've decided to tune in with us today. I'm Michelle Rathman and when I'm not hosting Rural Matters, you can find me working with rural hospitals and their communities, federal and state rural health organizations across the United States. Where rural health is concerned, there is a saying, that is, if you've seen one rural hospital, you've seen one. And that is my general position on every rural community I've spent time in over these past 20 years. Every community is different and unique. And at the same time, they intersect in these three specific areas. The things that make every rural community alike are their business, education, and health communities. And at Rural Matters, we aim to bring you conversations with people that positively impact rural communities and the important conversations they're having. Remember, you can listen to Rural Matters on iTunes. Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. We encourage you to subscribe and receive new episodes automatically. And also, if this is important. We welcome your feedback. So if you've got ideas for upcoming podcasts, a question about an episode, or just want to chat, please do send us an email at Podcast at Gmail. With that said, I'd like to welcome today's guest, Mr. Lee Horner. Lee is the CEO of Cinzi. Cinzi is a tech- technology company providing platforms that enable virtual care and telehealth solutions both of which hold promise for rural hospitals and providers working to find new solutions to care for their communities. Lee, welcome to the program. Thank you, Michelle. You're welcome. So I've had a chance to peruse your website, and if you could please just share with our listeners, what is Cinsi and then a bit of background about the company, what you offer, and what makes you different than others who are providing this type of uh, solution?
1: Sure. So, Cinzi was founded in January of 2018, but prior to that, we were actually a subsidiary and a sister company, part of Stratus Video Telehealth, which uh, Stratus Video had actually got started in the video interpretation uh, market at the health system hospital market across the United States. Uh, so, in January of 2000, I'm sorry, March of 2016, uh, I founded Stratus Video Telehealth And in January of 2018, we formed a new entity that was called CINSI. And uh, since basically March of 16, we've really been working as a company to focus on building a virtual care company that really is focused from a communication perspective to deliver high-quality video and communication technology to rural and uh, normal healthcare marketplaces. One of our key differentiators and some of the things that hopefully we'll get to talk about today is really what differentiates us is our ability to deliver this high-quality care across uh, low-bandwidth frequencies, whether it be cellular or Wi-Fi technology, along with being able to do it on commodity-based equipment. And ultimately, our goal is to deliver the same quality care that you would see in a highly populated community into the rural settings as well.
0: I mentioned, I I do work with rural hospitals around the country and continuing challenge in the conversation around broadband um, accessibility. And so let me just, for those of our listeners who don't really understand, virtual care is kind of a, a big term that covers a lot of space. So talk a little bit about exactly what virtual care is and some of the solutions that your platform addresses that traditional telehealth does not.
1: Yeah, so I think, you know, starting with virtual care, you're absolutely right. It is a very large, what I would consider, platform across the healthcare industry that, you know, different organizations are trying to solve different problems for. Sinzy, uh, we're really focused on kind of three core areas, as I would describe. One is uh, really just trying to take video communication and put it in the hands Uh, of the patient at home or in a hospital setting and be able to access different staff and different care across the country and not necessarily be solely focused in a local community. So the goal is uh, if there's a need, for example, at a rural hospital to access a specialist, for example, that may be in a larger community, you know, that's a couple hundred miles away. The goal is to be able to simply and effectively use video technology that is secure and is HIPAA and high trust certified mm-hmm. to be able to access those care Uh, staff with an instant communication like a FaceTime or type of type of communication across commodity-based equipment. So, that's one piece. The second piece is the idea of when patients are at home to really be able to leverage technology on everyday equipment that allows patients, again, to, you know, whether it be access from a rural perspective, a care management team, or a set of uh, physician staff in order to ask questions or be able to put a set of eyes on the patient to solve for Some of the matter is that today, many patients just immediately go back and rush back to the emergency room to try to get care for. The goal is really to try to prevent readmissions into the hospital setting.
0: Mm -hmm. Also very important for hospitals today um, with the responsibility they have to make sure that patients, when they leave, stay home because they're well uh, and not stay away because they're afraid of any consequences, not being able to pay for the care. I'm curious, what kind of, um, if you could talk a little bit about how, your platform is actually being used in a rural setting. Do you have a couple of examples that you can share with us?
1: Sure, absolutely. So uh, I'll give you two totally different use cases, uh, but very critical to uh, the rural communities in general. So first is we have a relationship with one of our rural hospitals uh, that, again, you know, has limited staff and limited capabilities, but they want to provide high-quality care to the patient locally without them having to be transfer to a, a larger facility or setting to get care. So they use our technology within the emergency room in the hospital to access specialists at different locations across the United States and they've partnered with different organizations to to really leverage visual visual communication and the ability to use technology like ours in order to provide, you know, specialist and quality of care that traditionally today they would have to, you know, push that patient out to a larger, broader hospital setting. Uh, So that's one instance. The second is uh, we are used in many cases around post-hospital discharge, and the idea is to use our technology from an automation communication platform that when a patient is discharged from the hospital, the idea is to leverage our platform to start engaging them. So instead of care team members potentially trying to call the patient every day, We leverage technology to send automated communications with whether it be just informational content that allows the patient to get insights and understanding of what potentially, you know, their needs are from a follow-up perspective or next step, uh, but also gives the the patient, you know, the comfort of being able to do that from their own home and to be able to access care. Again, you know, if needed, obviously, they, you know, could surely... uh, Back to the emergency room or provide face-to-face care, but what we found is the ability to augment that with technology like ours with some of these rural settings allows the patient to stay at home and be able to facilitate the needs that they want through our platform.
0: You know, I, I just uh, came back from a conference in Colorado, their national or their annual rural health conference, and we did a whole discussion around the use of technology in rural health and. Obviously, our millennials and our Gen Zs after them are very acclimated. Technology is a big part of their lives. And, of course, as you know, in so many rural communities, we've got a more senior population. So I'm curious about the integration of the technology in a home setting. And if you've discovered any uh, kind of ahas for seniors, for those who might be a little bit intimidated with the technology, how easy is it for folks to be able to use it in their own home on the devices they already have? Is there something special that they need to to know or understand or acquire to make sure they're utilizing it to to its full extent.
1: Yeah, that's a great question, and uh, it's one that we actually spend a lot of time and focused heavily on. Um, what we really tried to bring to market is simplicity, and you know what we found is the ability to allow you know the aging population to leverage devices that they use every day. So some of our examples of that are we found that. You know, the ability to send a notification. So the way our platform works is we'll send a patient notification either via email or text. If they're on a PC with a camera type of component, they simply click the link. And the beauty of our technology and the simplicity of it is we automatically secure that link and route a video call, for example, to the designated resource that's associated to that link. So it removes all of the username, password, and all of the Mm -hmm. things that... What we found to be very troubling or challenging for the elderly population. Uh, the second piece is on an iPhone or an Android, again, kind of using the same concept. Send them uh, a text message or email, uh, they click on the link. It automatically pushes them to, whether it be the Apple Store or the Google Play Store, uh, they they click on the link and our technology automatically prompts them through the download. So that, again, they don't have to put in a username or password or try to figure out how to log into the system. It actually automatically downloads with a simple, a simple click of a button, and then it automatically pushes a communication to the appropriate resource. So. Uh, we spent a lot of time looking at best use case for that. And what we came up with is the secure communication platform that really removes all of what I would consider the challenges around, for example, the uh, the portal type of technology where you have to continue to remember your username and password. And for certain patient populations, that's a challenging feat. You're constantly looking to have to you know, either reset your password or remember your username. And with our technology, we really eliminate all of those you know, all of those distractions or, you know, pieces that prohibit people from using technology.
0: Certainly. It can be so frustrating, and it it kind of uh, negates the entire goal here to bring simplicity. I, I love that concept. One of the things I, I read, which was I was also interested in, particularly in the rural setting, is that the application for behavioral health, with the understanding that we have a significant and growing shortage of mental health providers in rural Uh, Communities, so talk a little bit about the behavioral health component, if you could please
1: yeah so again on uh, with a handful of our clients uh they're they're partnering with uh, behavioral health organizations, you know whether it be in state or out of state in order to provide the you know the need that's associated with the patient. One of the areas that we found very interesting is uh, at some of the rural hospitals, it's really about getting the patient in front of the the important quality of care on a timely manner. And one of our organizations, for example, would have to admit a patient in the hospital, and unfortunately, they weren't able to get them in front of the right resources until the following week. So the idea of the patient being admitted and being in the hospital for a couple extra days without getting the facility of care, we really started to attack that market and understand how to provide quality care. With this organization, they use our technology. So now instead of a patient having to wait until the earlier part of the new week in order to be seen, they use our technology bedside. They bring in a behavioral health consultant Mm that they contract with, and they can identify and help the patient immediately to take the quality of need that's associated with that patient.
0: And along those lines, um, the other thing I read was about the use of this technology for medication management. And sometimes that does go hand in hand with behavioral and mental health. And so I'm just curious about any case studies or any, before we take a quick break, any insight that you could provide and how this technology is being used to support providers and their goal to help patients better manage their medication.
1: It's a big factor. Uh, medication management, ma- medication reconciliation mm-hmm. is one of the biggest uses of our technology, especially at home. So some of our capabilities and you know skill within the technology is we can do more than two-party communication. So an example of that is if a patient has question around their medication and maybe they're on the on the call with their care manager or care team staff at the rural hospital. The idea of being able to bring in one of the pharmacists to help assist that patient with identification of either reconciliation or medication adherence is with a simple click of a button, you could bring in a third party like a pharmacist to be able to put a set of eyes on the medication and the patient simultaneously to really help remove you know, and eliminate any type of medication adherence or reconciliation problems that you would have.
0: Yeah, it's significant when you think about in our rural populations, we know we have a higher incidence of chronic illness and medication management, as you said, is so critical. So we're going to take a break. When we come back, I do want to talk about the other side of this equation, which is just the workforce um, part of this in terms of physician shortages and some solutions that you've seen come as a result of this platform and talk a little bit about workflows. But first, I just want to quickly switch gears so I can acknowledge our national sponsor, which is AASA, the School Superintendents Association. In response to the growing violence in our public schools, AASA just released School Safety and Crisis Planning, a toolkit for proactive best practices before, during, and after a crisis, specifically designed for superintendents and other district administrators The online resource features a select group of safety leaders throughout the country who are ready to provide peer to peer guidance about a variety of crises, including school shootings, hurricanes, tornadoes, floods, fires, suicides, and other major incidents that arrive without a moment's notice. The toolkit also features a 24 hour hotline, which will provide superintendents with round the clock access to help navigate their immediate needs anytime. Resources were also contributed by the American School Counselor Association the National Association of School Psychologists, the National School Boards Association, the National Schools Public Relations Association. As a part of the kit, Crisis Go, an AASA school solutions partner, is offering an emergency planning and communications app at no cost to AASA member districts to allow school leaders to send audible emergency alerts and enables two-way communications to every computer and mobile device in a school. To access the Crisis Toolkit, please visit aasacentral.org slash school hyphen safety. Also, before we continue with the discussion, I'd like to acknowledge this episode's sponsor, which is CINSE, a technology company dedicated to providing better ways for healthcare organizations to manage and engage patients and colleagues simply and efficiently. CINSE is an award-winning integrated communication platform that goes beyond traditional telehealth applications To help healthcare organizations effectively engage patients across the continuum of care. The sophisticated communication platform automates and optimizes workflows to help providers deliver uh, virtual care on demand and avoid unnecessary and costly readmissions and transfers, leveraging everyday devices such as smartphones, tablets, and laptops, all platforms that can be used across all levels of cellular or Wi-Fi connectivity. The CINSE user experience is intuitive. With one click, patients can initiate the virtual visit with their provider using their smartphone, tablet, and or personal computer devices to participate in virtual visits and engage with their care team via video, email, text, and SMS. CINSE partners with healthcare organizations who are seeking to improve the timing and quality of the care delivery. Their customer base includes hospitals and health systems, health plans, home health agencies, visiting nurses associations, and related care settings such as rehabilitation, skilled nursing, and long-term care facilities. CINSE, better technology, better care, better outcomes. So if you'd like to learn how CINSE can enable better performance for your organizations, better access for your patients, and better outcomes for all, just visit CINSE.com. All right, so let's get back to our conversation. We were talking uh, about workforce and how this uh, platform could help potentially alleviate some of the physician shortages that we see, of course, around the country, Um, and and not just physicians, but of course, uh, PAs and NPs and so forth. So talk a little bit about how this um, doesn't maybe compete against physicians in a particular market, but rather enhances those who are in those communities to better facilitate care.
1: Yeah, so... Uh, One of the things that we found in in our work with the home health organizations, especially in the rural communities, is this idea of, you know, providing faster, more effective visual communication to patients. Um, The beauty of our technology and for organizations with the limited resources that are available to them is we've been able to find ways to, what I would say, you know, either supplement or augment the use of virtual visits. So on the home health side where you have patients, you know, that uh, I'll use one example of one of our clients who has, you know, patients with chronic disease management and their goal and objective is really to facilitate, you know, face to face communication with that patient multiple times a month. But when you're talking rural facilities, you're talking a lot of windshield time. And you know what we found is in working with these home health organizations, uh, we've been able to increase the patient quality satisfaction based on being able to supply them with video and automated communication platform like CINSE. So one of the ways we do that is when you have a program that CINSE would run. What we would set up is what we call our patient program management. And in many cases, uh, the first visit, again, just doing supplementation and not augmentation or replacement of, but the idea is to go out and with a patient that's being you know, put in a palliative care program or a such type of program, the idea is to get out in front of the patient the first time, do an assessment of that patient. And provide that patient with our application and technology to where, uh, if it was an off week or a period in time where the patient maybe wasn't going to have an on-site visit from the home health nurse or agent, the idea is they can quickly and effectively access care to where again they wouldn't have to either you know go to the emergency room or go see their PCP. Uh, and in those instances, it really drives patient satisfaction patient adoption. The second piece is in many cases when you have uh, home health nurses that are going to patients home, we can really provide a higher quality care. It allows the patient to not have a specific set time to where they have to be home in order to see that care manager come to their house where they can use technology and and use a a visual communication platform like ours in order to facilitate that. So we're seeing three to four times the ROI. We're now allowing nurses to be able to, instead of have windshield time, really stay behind the, the convenience of being in the office and having more time to spend face-to-face with the patient, which is bringing a higher quality of care, and it's allowing the organizations to support more patients.
0: You know, I am very curious about this uh, for so many obvious reasons. I think about some of the, the use of technology over the years. Way many years ago, I was working on a project to bring mental health services to a rural community using telehealth, and the biggest roadblock, it wasn't the technology, although, of course, technology has evolved so much and can really do amazing things to help improve care, it was the resistance for how these, this, these types of models will be paid for. And so I am curious about the use of this platform in a home health setting or in the hospital setting. Um, can you talk a little bit about you know just how hospitals are being able to optimize this and ensure that they are reimbursed for these kinds of services? Are we, can we talk about that just for a moment?
1: Sure, so uh, when you're talking hospitals or on the home health side, I'll just take that as an example. So many of these organizations, the goal and and uh, you know objective is to really put a set of eyes on the patients and our technology is synchronous both on the audio and video side, so what we call is real time communication mm-hmm. uh, ultimately, Around the reimbursement piece, what we see is um, we don't necessarily go after the reimbursement of uh, an encounter, for example. What we really focus on is the ability to do follow-up and provide higher quality care across multiple instances. So I kind of go back to the first instance where we're working with home health organizations that have a requirement to facilitate a face-to-face communication for a patient in a rural setting. Today, they're driving all over the place, and the reality is the reimbursement is classified as the ability to put a set of eyes and ears on the patient.
0: Mm -hmm. So we're
1: augmenting that, again, with the ability to use technology like ours in order to supplement. And in some cases, I don't say replace, but it provides a higher quality value for the patient. And it provides the organization the ability to see more staff. From a reimbursement perspective, we look at it from an economy of scale of resources. That's really how we address it today.
0: I, I would imagine if you, and I'm sure you have calculated what this does to improve uh, workflow for any given small staff. So many rural hospitals, are they do have staffing issues just with staffing to patient uh, ratio and so um, I would imagine the cost savings are pretty obvious over a short period of time as a result of you know um, the administrative time it takes just to readmit a patient so talk a little bit about the workflows and the number one word I hear when I walk into a hospital is how are things going here guys and they all say the word busy and with the conversion to electronic health records and um, all the requirements put upon them I'm curious about the feedback you get as to how your platform does help kind of ease some of that the pain and suffering from the uh, overflow of work.
1: Yeah, it's surely not getting any less for any of them. Unfortunately, we see more and more patients and fewer and fewer resources in order to support those patients. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, I think, you know, that's what it boils down to for us is when we go on and work with organizations, what we're trying to do is find ways to simplify and automate the communication. So, You know, some of the areas that we focus on, especially in the hospital setting, is there's a lot of work and a lot of time consumption for these organizations when a patient's discharged, and a lot of it is just, you know, trying to dial and communicate with the patient to get them engaged to make sure that, you know, they, A, the patient has what they need and they're satisfied with what what the organization has delivered to them, and B, just making sure that there's no outstanding issues or anything arises. So, with our technology, where we've really found a, a lot of value with organizations, especially in the rural setting, is this idea of our patient program management. And the concept is you set it up once and you put your different your different uh, solutions, whether it be you know, a cohort, a population, and or maybe a chronic disease management program that you're trying to set up. And the idea is to leverage our platform to automate all of those communications and outreach. So... What we do with our organizations is we may build a five-touch outreach program, for example. So if patients discharge from the hospital, instead of that care manager trying to call that patient continuously or email them to get engaged with them, we'll automate that process with a, a customizable configured solution that allows for content to be delivered in a secure environment but it's delivered across multiple different modalities. It allows the patient access and quick, easy access to information and or staff if they need it. So really what we do is instead of taking a reactive approach with the organization, we're taking a more proactive approach and we're using our technology to automate that, which is obviously reducing the burden of them trying to figure out how and when to call the patients. We're automating that entire
0: process for them. So I'm envisioning when a patient is discharged from the hospital, they traditionally go home with a stack of paperwork and a folder. And so from what I'm hearing you say, um, the option now is for the patient to have kind of all this really important care plan information at their fingertips um, on a device that they're comfortable with.
1: Yeah. So the way we look at that is uh, I'll take myself when, when I've been released from the hospital and discharged, I come home and real life sets in and I take all the discharge paperwork that I was given and I throw it on the kitchen counter and I, I start living my life. Mm-hmm. And you know what what traditionally happens is people either you know forget and or unless if it's an emergency, you know, they may not necessarily remember the regimen that they were released from the hospital to have to follow. So what we really try to do is augment that and replace what's in that information into either a communication piece that comes to them via text or email, and as importantly, the ability to put that olive branch out to where if they have questions or concerns, instead of trying to dig through the paperwork, they can simply click on our application and it routes a call to the appropriate resource for them to help.
0: It, from, a trusted, from a trusted resource, so it's information that's clearly uh, vetted and, and uh, reviewed. I'm curious because I think about some members of my family now. I've got two in-laws who are in their 90s. Both of them are frequent users of the healthcare system. Once a household is set up with the technology, is it something where every individual patient, so both grandfather and grandmother, you have to have their own? Or is it something that could be set up in a household if there are two or more people living in the home that are receiving potentially home healthcare or um, being managed for their chronic illness?
1: Yeah, so from a security and compliance perspective, the way we approach it is is care team and care family members. So uh, we have the capability and, and the technology has the ability to identify individuals that are associated to the care team. So what we do, so I'll, I'll take a slightly different approach to that because in the own home, if they're under the same household, we can clearly use the same app. I think where it starts to become unique and interesting is where maybe someone like yourself as a caregiver or a family member wants to be included in a video call or a communication with either the physician or the staff. The ability to incorporate someone like yourself into that call now from a visual perspective really starts to span the gamut of how you can start to think about how our technology and platform is used. There are many cases where there have been times where I wanted to be on the phone with my mother or my father in order to understand what the physician is saying and, you know, what would even be better if I could virtually be part of that call. So that's really where we start to, you know, take evolution of technology is the idea of taking it outside of a standard home and provide it to people who may be halfway across the country to be engaged in that same communication.
0: Oh my, god, that's such an excellent point. I mean, I, I don't think of anyone in my circle that has not um, had that experience wanting to help and feeling like they've been shut out of, of a loved one's care. So I think that's an excellent point. I'm very fascinated by the platform. Uh, really uh, happy about the work that you're doing in rural from my perspective, uh, because I just see this as a long overdue. As I said, the technology has been there. There's always kind of been the way, but where there is will. And when you've got partners such as yourself working with health systems to bring this technology, I, I in particular, I see those health systems who are acquiring rural hospitals, and this being an excellent way to bring specialty care to rural hospitals without the distance. We call it medical excellence without the miles. So I'm really appreciative to get to know you and your time and all the great information. Um, I would like to, at this point, acknowledge and thank our guests today uh, from Cinzi for all their uh, good background information and what they're providing to rural. And I'd also like to acknowledge and thank the Rural Matters Marketing Partners, which include the Center for Rural Health Affairs, Community Hospital Corporation, Foundation for Rural Service, the Harvard Graduate School of Education Rural Educators Alliance, the Journal of Research in Rural Education, Learning Blade, NCTA, the Rural Broadband Association, the National Rural Education Association, the National Rural Health Association, and Ohio's Small and Rural Collaborative. These partnering organizations, they're essential to help rural matters be an even more powerful forum for the discussion of issues affecting our rural communities. Again, if you would like more information on rural issues or to suggest a guest or a topic, just email rural Matters Podcast at gmail. We'd appreciate it if you'd rate this podcast on iTunes and certainly do tell your friends and colleagues about us. Rural Matters is produced by Michael Levin-Epstein and Susan Semples. And again, my name is Michelle Rathman. I appreciate you listening and we'll talk to you again next time on Rural Matters.